Hello, I'm Harry Stakini, and you are listening to the Staff Room Podcast, the show where each week I share anonymous stories from teachers who are overworked, underpaid, and close to a mental breakdown. So think of it as teacher therapy, as they remind us of all the troublemakers, class clowns, and the flat-out criminals we all remember from school. So join me and my guests and hear what your teachers really have to say. episode number five of the staff room podcast how are we doing everyone thank you very much for tuning in i have an absolute belter of an episode to share with you today my guest right is lauren patterson who is a fantastic comedian and very much one of like the rising stars of comedy uh, she's someone that i've worked with a fair few times but um you've probably seen her dotted about on tv She was most recently on stand up for live comedy on bbc one uh, she's appeared on comedy central a few times at live live at the comedy store and roast battles um she's also supported jason manford on tour as well as Catherine ryan she's done an awful lot of work in a very short space of time so i'm buzzing to have her on the show and uh, it was a good good fun chatting to her because most of the time i see lauren is within green rooms uh, and you're just having a chat about comedy you know a bit of back and forth what's been going on but it was nice to actually sit down and have a proper chat with her and i was very surprised to find out that she was an oxbridge candidate and if for those that don't know what that means, it means she was being picked to either go to Cambridge or Oxford University, which I was surprised at, not because I didn't think she was intelligent, but she mentioned the school she went to is very rough and uh, that it actually had a pregnancy unit attached to it because the number of people that were getting pregnant, they just thought it'd be easier if we just put it there. So when she said that, I was like, I, I would never expect that. Um, she also mentions within the episode that being at the school she was at, it wasn't cool to be seen as intelligent. So you kind of had to keep that to yourself. But it was really, really good chatting to her because she she spoke about like social circles at school and how they changed as she got older, which I think a lot of people will be able to relate to because you know we've all we've all been down that path before. Um, she even tells me about the time a well her and her class came together to try and get rid of a new teacher they were given because they preferred the old one. Um, which was interesting to see that people would actually come together to try and do that. But then she reflects at the fact that, you know, you've got to remember teachers are only human, but she will explain more about that within the episode. As you can tell, I'm just excited to have her on the show because it's a great episode and there's a lot within it. I'm also sharing another listener's story that got sent to me. And it's just actually coming from a fellow comedian called Jamie Hutchinson, who me and Lauren both know and have worked with quite a lot. Um, Jamie actually lives in Manchester. So, I feel like for us, the story that he sent us has given us a very, it's just very Jamie, right? And uh, I feel like you'll be able to relate to it because he makes a point that school shoes, good or bad, can make or break your school day, you know? But I'll let him explain that when uh, when we get to his story later on in the episode. Um, once again, thank you very much to everyone that has tuned into this and is spreading the word because... I swear to God, each week it's just getting a little bit bigger every time, right? Like the empire is expanding. So whatever you're doing, the people that are listening, it is working. I mean, I'm actually seeing more people in Israel. So the, the fellow that is listening in Israel, if you've told the person next year who's, whether it's the cubicle, you know what I mean, or the neighbour or whatever, I don't know. I, I said cubicle, like a desk cubicle, not toilet cubicle, you know what I mean? Just to, yeah, respect you there. But you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever you're doing, it's working. That's what I'm telling you. So... Please keep spreading the word. Um, if you've not listened to the other episodes, go back and have a go at them. You know, they're all different. They're all very good. And if you could leave us a review, that would be fantastic because it just means then that other people who don't know about it can find it and uh, will go, hey, do you know what? That is not shite because I don't think it is shite. You know, I think each episode has been very different um, and they're just, they're just good fun to do. And I've got loads more lined up. So I really appreciate that people are coming back to it because it makes it feel all very worthwhile. Now, the story that I'm going to be sharing today has come in from a college lecturer, which is the first time I've had something come in from someone within higher education. So it's quite interesting to uh, to have a read through that. They've sent me three little short anecdotes within it. Uh, but the catch is that they were actually 22 at the time they were working in this college. So that age gap tended to cause a little bit of an issue, but we will get into more of that uh, later on within the episode. I should also add as well, even within this, me and Lauren have a bit of a chat about comedy, talking about gigs we've done. I even tell her about the time I had probably the most aggressive heckle I've ever had on stage in Belfast, um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, if that fella's listening, um, 
get over it. You know what I mean? It was a long time ago, but uh, I can't imagine many people are listening to this podcast in Northern Ireland anyway, but hey, well. <laughs> but yeah, it's a Belter Run episode and thank you very much for the teacher that sent the story in. Thank you very much uh, for Jamie for sending his listener story in. If you want to, you know, you want to get involved with future episodes, just send me a message online with whatever memories you might have at school. And if you're a teacher and you want to send me a story, just drop me an email, you know, staffroompod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, it's anonymous, so have fun with it. But let's get cracking with this week's episode. This is me, Lauren Patterson, and a 22-year-old college lecturer. Enjoy. But when you were at school, because like you mentioned when we tried to record this the first time around, uh, you were very, very academic at school and like being smart wasn't something you shared. Yeah, I was very bright. Like, well, I say very bright. I think went, I was bright. You were Ox, yeah, you were Oxbridge. I was, I was Oxbridge, yeah. Like my yeah. school wanted me to go to Oxbridge. Um, like I was in top set for everything. I got like eight A stars, four A's, one B. Ugh, hit me GCSEs. <laughs> 11 years late and I'm still furious about that one B. You're uh, screwing, you know, I got, I got four Bs and that was like, oh. Yeah, but I was like, I, I enjoyed school, that's the thing. And I was one of those kids at school who things did come quite easily to us, which I know is a very, I, I get if your brain isn't that wired, that school can be really fucking hard for you. Yeah. But I like really, I loved learning. I, I, I didn't really like maths. Maths was the one thing I really had to work at, but I was still like in the top set for it. Um, but because I went to like quite a rough school, like being smart was never something I was really proud about because it was the kind of school where people would be like, oh, you're in the top set. You think you're fucking clever. And I was like, well, no, I know I'm clever. Like that's <laughs> literally why I'm in the top set. Top set like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it felt a little bit like being clever wasn't cool. So I was never the kind of girl who would try and dumb myself down, but I just sort of kept my head down because I was like, yeah. oh, well, being smart at a rough school makes you a fucking easy target sometimes doesn't it like oh yeah definitely. I love I didn't like sixth form really didn't like sixth form but I loved school and like Jen I'm such a little nerd that if someone said to me now like you can go back and we'll do like not necessarily another degree but you know we'll you can do like a course in something oh I'd love to go and do like a psychology course or I'd love to do like uh, yeah. everything like I love it I love history Every like country, well, not every country I've been to, but I went on holiday to Athens with my ex and I really wanted to go on like a walking tour. Um, so we booked onto this walking tour and I was like at the front of the tour the whole time because I wanted to hear everything he said. I wanted to ask questions and I was like, God, that little nerd in you never does quite yeah. <laughs> go when, away. When uh, I was doing a gig in London one day, I had an entire day to myself and I went and booked onto a free walking tour. Yeah. Um, and I was the only Brit on it. And uh, yeah, like, <laughs> As like almost people looking at me like, why, why do you need to be here? I was yep, like, I yep. just, yeah, it's my country too. Like, it's just, exactly. I like the heritage, you know. And <laughs> I went great. on a really good one in Belfast. My best friend's from Belfast and we went over for New Year, like a couple of years ago and had sort of like the daytime to ourselves, me and my ex. So again, we booked on like this walking tour and I just find it fascinating. And I think, oh, especially yeah, like as comics, we know our country inside out because we travel around it. So I find, find it quite interesting, like learning about different places and stuff like that. And I find it mad when I'll talk to people and they're like, I've hardly been anywhere in the UK. And I'm like, you mean you've never been to Scunthorpe on a Thursday? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? But I love it. I love stuff like, even now I love learning new things. And I get, I did um, the You're Dead to Me podcast with Greg Jenner, um, right. the history podcast. And I was buzzing that I got booked to do it. And my episode was Mary Shelley. So I learned all about Mary Shelley because I don't really remember doing Frankenstein in school. Like, I think ah, we did right. very... Oh, yeah, I didn't do Frankenstein at school. Did she I've write got, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley? She wrote Frankenstein, yeah. yeah. And I've got like a really vague memory of it. So maybe we did do it, but not like intensely. And this podcast, I shit you not, no offence, was the best hour and a half of my life. Like, I <laughs> loved it because there was like, obviously Greg's a historian. And then there was another like historian there. And I learned so much and it was amazing and like you listen to the podcast back and you can hear how genuinely excited I am like to be learning stuff and I remember texting my ex on the way back and I was like I've got so many new facts to tell you and he was like oh my god you are a nerd aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just like learning stuff 
Yeah, no, totally agree. When you said Belfast there, have you uh, have you played the Empire in Belfast? I have been booked for it twice and cancelled it twice. Can- cancelled it twice. Um, <laughs> both times, not like just because I'm being like, both times I got booked for ra- a radio gig once. Obviously, I was like, I'm going to do the radio gig. And then one time I was really poorly and genuinely couldn't get on a plane. And I was like, all right then, so I've had to cancel it twice. So I doubt I'll get booked ever again for it. <laughs> I I did that. This was the October 2019. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> It was the first gig I'd ever done without to get on a plane, right? So that yeah. was like, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm flying fly B, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Next stop, Apollo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I was like, this is unreal. So when when I got there, I had like a few hours to kill before the gig. And uh, when I got a bit of food, I was just like quite excited because I saw the room and it's a massive room. Yeah. Um, so when I like met the comics backstage, Adam Bloom was on. Um, oh yeah and uh that's the first he's it is adam bloom and it very talks really fast blah, 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 yes blah. yeah yes um uh and he, he was yeah really chatty really nice fella um but he was saying like oh this room could be difficult uh mm-hmm. and having you know never done it before i was just like it'll be all right you know what i mean um, yeah because I'd, I'd like just done edinburgh and i felt like on like cloud nine i was like yeah. it'll be fine i've been doing hours like 20 minutes this will be a handle this. Yeah. yeah um and it was i made two mistakes there was a boy and a girl sat in the front row and I was like, are you a couple? And they said, no, we're cousins. Oh, that's my phone ringing. I'll just turn that off. <laughs> um, uh, I said, uh, are, are you guys a couple? They said, no, we're cousins. Um, and I was like, oh, right. I said, so you've never like kissed at a wedding or anything like that. Uh-huh. And, like, the room kind of chuckled, but then these looked really fierce at me. So I was just like, oh, right. Okay. You know, kind of moved on. And yeah. then I did this joke about my dad being in the army and bearing uh-huh. in mind we're in Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And just as I like hit the punchline, uh, I heard this like muffling from the balcony um, and it was, I couldn't hear it at first and I carried on and then I kept hearing it. So I was like, what is that noise? Like, Ubi's making that? Um, and then just total silence. And then from the back of the room, I just hear kneecaps. And I went, <gasps> I went, well, what did you say? And he went, kneecaps. And I was like, oh, right, you're threatening to blow me kneecaps off. And then he just kept going, yeah. kneecaps. And they had to oh. take him out of the venue. Like the security <laughs> were taking him down the stairs. Hell. And, and the room are laughing and I'm like, oh yeah, this is like, I need 150 people to walk me back to the hotel. Okay, yeah, because yeah. this fucking nut job is going, kneecaps. And oh, uh, yeah, finish the set. And then uh, two girls in the crowd afterwards were like, the reason uh, them two people were probably a little bit, is apparently because in Northern Ireland, it's not uncommon for people to marry cousins. So the fact that oh. I'd, I'd gone, oh, do you ever kissed? Um, and then, you know, dropped in that my dad was in the army. They were like, let's yeah. really clap for this fella. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my memory of Belfast. <laughs> oh God. That's the worst though, isn't it? When like you walk yourself into a hall in a gig, like I mm. did it once in, very new in Edinburgh and I was doing like a triple header show. This would have been like 2015. So I was like super new and like my mate had gone on and these people had talked all the way through. And then my other mate had gone on and these people had talked. And we were in, I don't know if you know it, Opium, but not the uh, nice yeah, yeah, room yeah. upstairs in Opium. The downstairs, you're literally in the side of the bar in Opium. <laughs> so obviously there's like, what, three rows of chairs? So there's hardly any people in there. So I thought, I'm literally like nose to nose with these people that must know that, like, can hear them talking. So I come on and obviously, like, I'm not Larry, but... I'm from Newcastle and I get quite, I think I'm bigger than I am sometimes if I get a little bee in my bonnet. Um, and obviously it, I think it was maybe like halfway through Edinburgh so I was feeling a bit fragile. Um, and I walked out and I thought, these fucking people talk to you in my set, like who the fuck do they think they are? Um, now I, maybe actually I was a bit more Larry when I was younger, like I would have been like 20 years old or something. So I walked on and sure enough, it's a girl and a boy and they turned and started talking to each other straight away. And I was like, do you know how rude you're being? I went, I'm not being paid to be here. I went, I have literally worked my arse off and saved all my fucking wages I'm paying like a month's rent on a flat I'm not living in so I can be here. I went, I'm sacrificing so much just because every day I want to come on stage and try and make people laugh and I want to be a better comic. I went, and there's dickheads like you who come and just sit in the front row and talk all the way through it. I went, do you know how, and I really ripped into them and they looked like proper rabbit in the headlights. I've never spoken to anyone like that at a gig before and I've only ever maybe like once or twice spoken to someone like that. It was really out of character for us, but I was just so like angry um, and then they looked really, really sort of shell-shocked. And then the guy went, and then my mate and the two people on the 
like all three of us on the show were all from Newcastle. And this guy went, oh, I'm really sorry, but she's Spanish. Her English isn't great. And she's struggling with the accent. So I'm translating words she doesn't understand. And I was like... And then all, all of that that you've just said and her face slowly changing, like, exactly. I, I, I was enjoying it. Because that's the thing, she probably didn't even massively know what I was saying because I'd gone, like, fuck, fucking Geordie by this point. But she could obviously tell I was, like, not yeah. happy. And she's probably thinking, God, I'm having a lovely time. Why is this girl shouting at me? And I felt <laughs> awkward. And like I say, there was maybe eight people in the room in total and I thought well I've just alienated a fucking quarter of the crowd there having Aaron one <laughs> but I'd, I'd made this really weird atmosphere in the room and I was just I felt so awkward and I felt so bad it was a big lesson though of being like maybe don't jump in so yeah. like aggressively but god it was Edinburgh I was stressed yeah. <laughs> um how come you didn't like um sixth form so in a way it was weird because I was doing the subjects I really wanted to do and I enjoyed so technically like in terms of lessons I probably enjoyed it more because I was doing English language fucking loved English language I liked learning how kids speak and because my nephew was maybe about like one two at the time so I found it all quite like interesting because I could apply it him loved that I did French very good at GCSE I got like an A star French at GCSE I was fucking sick at French I got higher marks at GCSE French than the two kids whose native language was French (laughs) I was really good at French I was like oh my god I love it at A level no did not look found it really hard didn't enjoy it um didn't do very well at it um I did but still like it wasn't awful um and then what else did I do is that my dog coming back I did drama, obviously, which I loved, and I did media, which I loved. So the lessons I was doing were more enjoyable, but I felt like my friendship group was changing because I'd had, like, this really sort of tight group of friends through secondary school, and then we went to sixth form, and obviously your classes are a bit more mixed. Yeah. Um. So, like, sort of my friendship group kind of merged with, like, this other, like, group of girls, and we became, like, this bigger friendship group, but I felt like I was starting to be a bit pushed out. So it was this weird thing right, okay. where, like... I loved the lessons I was doing and I loved the fact that I could be like finally just learning about the things I wanted to learn about and, you know, with people who had similar interests. But I felt like my actual friendship group was sort of shifting and the dynamics were shifting. And I think as well, I was coming into my own a bit more and I was like developing into the person who I am now, definitely. And I think so maybe I was sort of changing a little bit and my friendship group was changing and no one, I think it happens to everyone at some point when you think, I don't fit in anymore and I really felt like I didn't fit in with like this group of friends and I remember the I think I've mentioned this before and I'll feel so awful if these girls do listen but I always remember there was one time where a girl was having a party and I was the only person not invited and like afterwards she was like well if she wanted to come she should have just said like everybody was invited and I was like no no you made a Facebook event and you invited everybody but you missed me off several people told you you've missed Lauren off and you never at any point went oh Lauren yeah 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 it's fine for you to come and I was like a very anxious kid so I thought unless this girl whose party it is has explicitly said to me you're invited to this party you know you can come I was never gonna just turn up never like I would have felt so awkward so just little things like that started to happen where like I felt like I didn't really fit in anymore, but I, I so desperately wanted to fit in because I was like, but these are my friends. Like I've known yeah. these girls years, but I felt like, I don't know, I just didn't really fit in anymore. So I felt a bit like weird. I had like a few really good friends and that was fine. But on the whole, no one, you're like, oh, things are changing. And again, I yeah. think it happens for everybody at some point. Like some, I think some people it happens if they leave and go to another sixth form or some people it might happen when they go to uni. But that was the point where I thought, oh, hang on, like these people who are like my best friends who I thought I'd be friends with forever. I'm starting to feel like they don't want to be my friend anymore. It was a bit of a, but it was fine because I danced and I did drama. So I had like friends and other groups as well. But I think that's why I then loved uni so much because I'd had two years of feeling a bit like, God, I don't know if these people like us anymore. And I feel a bit left out and I feel a bit excluded and I don't know what's happening. Then suddenly I went to uni and I was surrounded by people with the same interests as us and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is this is fine. Like, this is fine. Like maybe it was just that you were all growing up and starting to like become slightly different people and you didn't maybe gel anymore, which is fine. It happens. Like they're not bad. I, I like them. Like they're still lovely girls, but you don't like, keep in contact with them. Yeah. And I think it was just this sad thing where like, especially when you've been friends with people for like five years and then suddenly you're like, Oh, hang on. Why do I feel left out of my own friendship group now? Um, so I think that's what I found hard, like, that dynamic changing and people sort of changing a bit but 
like if the text has now been like, do you want to go for drinks? Of course, I'd still go for drinks with them. Yeah. But when you're like sort of 17 years old, it is a bit of an odd thing when you're for the first time, you're starting to feel left out and you're like, this is weird. Like we're all growing up and um, I get that we're all slightly changing. But why do I feel like everyone hates me? <laughs> like I haven't done anything wrong. I, I know. I think definitely a lot of people can relate to that. Um, I because I'm, I'm the youngest in my year. So yeah. I didn't go to sixth form. I went to college. Um, yeah. And the college I went to had a few lads that I'd known from school, but were all doing different courses. So I was in a um, a class with, I didn't know anyone. Um, yeah. So it was just like, I didn't mind that because I thought I don't mind meeting new people. But a lot of people who went to sixth form together, uh, quite a few of them went to the same uni together. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, in my mind, I didn't, each to their own, but I just thought I'd rather go into a new environment where you can go and meet new people. And you're yeah. constantly just then expanding because like the, the lads who went to the same uni, um, if they got in touch with me and said, do you want to go for a drink? I'd say yes. Um, yeah. But it's it's not like um, we hang around together all the time or anything yeah, yeah. like that. But, um, I think that's the thing as well. Like at my school, not I think it's changed now, but back then not many went to uni. So I think I was one of the few people who was like wanting to go to uni and stuff. And I think maybe like looking back, I'm like, did that make us stick out a bit? And like, did people mm. like, did that? I don't know. Like, did you... I remember go on. Um, I went to uni in Newcastle. I went to Northumbria, but I moved out and I went into halls. And I remember like inviting some of my school friends to like a party in halls. And it was weird because like there was all me sort of uni friends and then there was all me school friends. And it felt like, you know, West Side Story when yeah, they're yeah. on like two opposite. <laughs> Year six um, disco. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh God. Like and you feel a bit like as well, like you're like, oh, well, that's like my old life and my past and my friends who I've grown up with. And then these are like my exciting and I want to be friends with them both. But I don't know. I don't know how anymore. Like, this is weird because I've gone off to this. Fair enough, I'm in the same city, but, you know, I've moved out and I'm now like living with flatmates and I'm going to uni and it's all yeah. so exciting. And then you feel like I don't want to say that you outgrow your school friends because that sounds horrible. I don't think that. But I think you definitely then maybe the people who haven't gone to uni, you do sort of take a slightly different path yeah, to well, them i think i think everyone kind of kids don't have an identity you know what i mean at like 10 yeah. and 11 that's why they're all like my dad's this my dad's that because it makes them feel like they've got something different in comparison to the other kids and as everyone gets older you you know you develop more interesting specific things um and yeah you just you get an identity uh, an identity so when um you're 21 or whatever and you're thinking all oh, right james who i was mates with in primary school is now a completely different person but it's like we've been we've known each other that long that it's like i still have to kind of call you me mate you know yeah yeah <laughs> um but it's just one of them the the story that i got sent actually came in from a college lecturer so it's like the Ooh. first one that i've had come through um but the so the context is this lecturer is 22 so oh that's like, hard that is hard <laughs> yeah uh, and that's like they've sent a few little anecdotes um but yeah the first one is uh yeah about that like students almost looking at a teacher and being like how are you in this position um, yeah because i you know i've had it where i'm 26 and like, i've been in some schools where people are like, how old are you and you, you yeah. tell them and then they're like oh right like you know you could be like my, my brother and my it's brother, like, yeah yeah I, could. I remember <laughs> saying this to you on the one that we like on the one we tried to record where I used to think I wanted to be a drama teacher so I went and did a placement well not a placement but I got like assigned to like a drama group that ran in like a secondary school and at the time what you in secondary uni 19 20 so yeah. let's say I would have looked I look young now I look like a fucking fetus then and I remember turning up to this school and I think they were sort of like yeah seven eight nine the kids who were like welcome to come to this drama group and they were just like I don't want to say the treaters were no respect because it wasn't like they were like naughty or bad to us but you could tell I carried no authority because they were like she's just a kid like herself like yeah. well I don't think they thought I was a kid they knew I was older than them but like I didn't have the same authority that like someone who looks like a fully bloody grown adult did <laughs> and I think that's what put me off potentially going into teaching because I was like I, I can't have the respect and the authority because I just look like like their sister and I think that's yeah. what they felt like the the kids there they were like this is just like someone's sister's coming is trying to teach us drama like no and I was like <laughs> ah get fucked <laughs> yeah it's well the story that I got sent right I'll, I'll I'll get cracking with it um so they started with hello the staff room I started teaching English when I was 22 in a college for people who had failed their GCSEs and didn't have anywhere else to go um 
if you did that when I went to school, you ended up in the co-op. That's where you, you didn't end up <laughs> going to college. You just ended up in the co-op, um, which I, I handed a CV into when I was 16 and didn't get yeah. a job. And my dad was like, of all the places that you, you they're not hiring, they wouldn't take you. I'm like, yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, <laughs> um they said, yeah, but some of the students were only three years younger than myself. And during one lesson, I was interrupted by a student with a very long neck, a massive Adam's apple and a perfectly round head that made him look like a lollipop. He clearly felt this was an injustice and couldn't keep it in any longer. He shouted, how old are you? I'm 22. I'm 19. How, how are you? Why are you teaching this class? And a couple of answers sprung to mind. One, because I'm the smartest man alive, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice and confident. Um, yeah. uh, two, I don't know either what is happening, who's in charge. I'm a little boy. Uh, and the third answer, the one I gave him was, because three years is a short amount of time and I've made very different decisions to you. And the irony is that I'm now 30 and that student will be 27 and is more than likely doing better than I am in life due to the decisions they've made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't have a teacher that was close to me in age, but there was um, a guy in our sixth form, a teacher who was, I was not the sixth form. So um, I want to say he, he must be maybe mid twenties, but they yeah. were suspected that he was in a relationship with one of the pupils. Oh, this um, always happens, doesn't it? I love yeah. stories like this. I love the gossip. Whether it's true or not, but like our school was split across two campuses. So we yeah. had, um, <clears throat> Yeah, he worked in one and then he just immediately one day started working in another. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that was just a case of like out of sight, out of mind. Um, <laughs> but like the, the legend came with him, you know what I mean? And everyone was like pointing at him like, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I've, I've, I could just be scandalising this fella. But, um, I feel yeah. like it's always a PE teacher as well. It's always uh, like the PE teacher or like, you know, the media assistant or something. like. <laughs> yeah, this, well, this guy, I think he was a... I think he was a history teacher, but he, he looked like a second-hand car salesman. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone that had kind of started in the business at 16 and worked his way up. He just, he, there was something quite greasy about him, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was, you know, for someone's <laughs> taste. I'm not sure. Um, the, the other one they've sent in, right? And um, yeah, you tell me if you've ever had a lesson on this. It said, another time during a lesson on radicalization. Oh, yeah, not something I've ever touched on. No. Um, an innocent student with blonde highlights and an overly gelled flick, even though it was 2012 and the flick had long since died out. I've just got Simon from the in-betweeners. In yeah, that is what I'm picturing. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he shouted with an abundance of confidence regarding suicide bombers. They do it because they get 50 prostitutes in heaven. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not very religious, but I'm pretty sure prostitutes aren't allowed into heaven. No, they you know have to I mean? wait in the car outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think like there's, I think God might have something against it. They might have danced in a club called heaven, but whether they're, <laughs> whether they're allowed in, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not going to heaven. I, I had this conversation with someone the other day and I was like, no, even now I'm like, there's no redeeming me. I am straight to the fiery pits of hell when it comes. There's a lad in a school I worked in who, he was a big Christian and um, he, we, we were walking along one day and he just came out with, he was like, why did a man have sex with another man one day and just make gay men? And I was <laughs> like, I said, I don't, I don't think it really works like that. Yeah. And uh, he, he was like, yeah, but like someone would have had to start it for other people to just do it. He was like, because it's, it's not right, but he wasn't like being <laughs> malicious about it. I was just like... Yeah, but I, I I get what you're saying. I was like, but I don't I don't think it's a case of I think probably a lot of people have done it for a long, 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 long time. Yeah, society's meant they've either had to do it in private. Yeah, you know, things are way more accepted now. And he was like, yeah, but someone would have had to like start the start the movement. He makes it sound like it's the conga. Like, <laughs> yeah, just if one person starts, everyone yeah. else will join in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he just, he, he was just like. He wasn't being malicious with it, but I said, it's fine if you think it's wrong. I was like, but you can't like say that to someone else and then expect them to just agree with Be you. Be fine with it, yeah. Yeah, or like impose it, um, especially because one of the teachers at the school I knew was gay. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I just, I felt a bit like going, maybe don't mention this in that person's class, you know what I mean? Yep, yeah. Because <laughs> um, you will get thrown through a wall. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, he says, prostitutes, I thought. You've gone to all that effort of blowing yourself up and then you have to pay for sex in heaven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. He seems like he's got a sense of humour. Yeah. Um, he says, I wonder, do these heavenly hookers have a pimp? Now that would be an RE lesson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should have thrown that back to the lad and his homophobia, just like, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the, disciples, the disciples on a stag do. Um, <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. And then the last one they've sent in was, and now this, this was my all-time favourite of theirs. So, <clears throat> however... My all-time favourite was, during it in an exam, on my last day at work, two boys in the front row were muttering. And I asked what the problem was, and this verbal diarrhoea came out of this freckled-faced 16-year-old. Now, I'm going to try and read this as I imagine the kid would have said it. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, sir, I've got my girlfriend pregnant, right? I don't know how. We've only had sex four times. I've had sex four times, sir. Four times, and she's pregnant, and I don't know what to do. Now, I feel like this lad has really underestimated the power of teenage sperm. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> whether you do it once or four times, it's just the, the emphasis on the four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he continues. He says, my mum doesn't know. Her mum doesn't know. I'm screwed, sir. I'm only 16 and so is she. I'm only 16. What am I going to do? Now, this is really bad to me because I knew it was my last day at the job. So I answered the problem with this. Get on with your English work. <laughs> <laughs> which um i felt like if you you know if you confided in your teacher about getting your girlfriend pregnant and they came back yeah. with that <laughs> i'd be like I'd, I'd, maybe it's not maybe this is not the best situation it sounds like how my school i told you on the last one didn't i that my school just had a teenage pregnancy unit in it <laughs> no really yeah so like there's this really good it sounds like i'm slagging it off whenever i talk about it and i'm really really not i think it's great so there was this like sort of thing in the I've seen the thing as well. Sounds like I'm diminishing it, but I don't know how to describe it. So it's the one of the big hospitals up here had this thing called like, uh, well, I'll not name it, but it was basically if you got pregnant as a teenager, you would be sort of like transferred to this place and you would be able to continue your education, like your maths and English and that kind of thing. But they would also like prepare you for motherhood and like learning to be a mom. And then when the baby right. was born, you would bring the baby. So again, you could continue your education, but also like, learn how to be a man this unit then moved from the hospital and city center to my secondary school like that is where what? they were then based so the only logical explanation i can think of is that so many girls from my area were getting <laughs> referred they were like should we just save their bus fare like should we, just, should we just move it so we got like a new school built but they left like the old sixth floor building and this building became kind of obsolete because like it used to be that like um there was the school and then the sixth formers would have their lessons in this separate sixth form building but when we got like the new school sort of everybody just was based in this new school so, but we still had this like we had old sixth form block that kind of didn't really get used for much so it was based in there and it was this mad thing where you would walk past it and just see all these like pregnant girls and like girls were babies and it was just so like like you couldn't quite That's get your bonkers. head around it at the time when you're like 16 17 yourself and you're walking past and you're like i couldn't imagine i couldn't yeah. imagine like having to try and learn pythagoras while a baby's crying <laughs> like uh, yeah that's so stressful I... It, it would be more for me. I can't imagine my dad's face if I told him I'd got someone pregnant. Um, yeah. I just, I, 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 he would hit the fucking roof. Uh, <laughs> that's mental though. So they put the unit there. I'm like, was it busy? I think it was quite like, well, I can think of a good few from my year alone who ended up going there. Like, um, but it, like, it, I'm always worried that when I, because I've talked about it on a couple of podcasts, and I'm always worried it sounds like I'm slagging it off or like taking the piss out of it. I genuinely think it's wonderful. Like, what better way to make yeah, sure that initiative. like teenage girl? Because if you think about it, without things like that, the teenage boys get to continue their education. They don't have to drop out of school and it's the yeah. girls who have to drop out, which is like, it, it takes two to make a baby. So I do yeah. think it's genuinely like a really good thing of being like, cool if you want to continue your education here is a place for you to be supported and i mean only in the northeast but still I think it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no there's I've, I've worked in places where there's people that are my age that have got like four kids and i look yeah. at that and i'm like whoa you know i used to think when i was 16 by this age that i would have a child yeah and and now i'm like i, I don't see it for at least six seven years Nah, i thought by 25 i would be like if not married, definitely engaged. 
and like say if not already have a baby then I would definitely be like pregnant yeah um so, so I thought like by 26 I would definitely be like married with first kid and then sort of like by 30 I might have like married two kids house sort of thing and now I'm like 27 and I'm like I'm so far off yeah, my sister I... <laughs> had two kids when she was my age and I find that baffling because I know she's my sister and I know she's older than me but like so sort of well, my nephew's like coming up at 10 now so sort yeah. of like when I think back like 10 years ago my sister seemed so grown up then so like she didn't seem like of course she seemed young but she didn't seem like whereas now I'm like god could I imagine having two kids at this age I feel too young and I feel too immature whereas she seemed like so grown up and but she probably wasn't like looking back she was probably just as bloody yeah like all over the place as me I'm just like yeah I could like there's a guy who I was friends with in school in my year and at Christmas he's just had his third kid and like it's so it's lovely to see that obviously he's got like this lovely little family but I'm like I, I could I couldn't have one yeah. I, I can't look after the dog the I was telling you the dog ate my braces yesterday like <laughs> I'm not ready to have a baby like nah no. but in a way I'm quite I'm all right with that like when I sort of started getting closer to like 25 and stuff I was like oh my god like I thought I'd be married I thought I'd have, but then when you think about it I'm like but no way could I handle a baby no yeah. way I know it's like what people say to me, are you ready? And I will be ready when I'm out of my overdraft. Uh, yeah. That is my answer to that. So as soon as I am, you know, I'm not getting texts from Nat West every other day <laughs> going, Ari, you owe us money. Oh, de- But like, I don't like sharing food. And that's, I think that's how I know I'm not ready for the responsibilities of a kid. You know, when like, you'll see like, um, like a, like a parent having their food and they'll be given like, like my, um, friends they've got a little girl who's about 18 months old and I've noticed like when they're sort of eating she'll kind of like she'll want things off their plate and they're like oh do you want a little bit and they'll put some on for her and I just think that couldn't if that was my kid being like well, I want something off your plate I'd be like well go and fucking cook it then like no <laughs> <laughs> I'm too selfish to have a baby <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's this sacrifice of time like that's mm-hmm. the bit that like makes me go uh there's no amount of freedom that I want to give up you know yeah <laughs> to, I like to, my and- sleep too much I don't function on like broken sleep and stuff and I think I just I'm not a more like I knew we were recording this podcast at 12 so I was like I'll get up at 20 to 12 like <laughs> that's an option when you've not got kids although the dog did shit twice in the living room because I took so long to get up and I was like oh that's my fault that's yeah I should definitely have took you out by now <laughs> Uh, I've I've been getting listeners to send stories in, okay? Yeah. And um, the last one for last week was uh, someone sent it in about a teacher who basically roundhouse kicked a student out of a classroom. Um, yeah, please. And the kid was being a bellend, but all the kids in the class kind of rallied together and wrote a witness statement of denial that the teacher did nothing because yes. they wanted the teacher to keep the job and, you know, pass maths, oh, we um, love which is to great. See it. Yeah, which I is great. That when, like, because I think there's so many stories about, like, kids being shitty to teachers. I remember we got, like, this new English teacher and um, we'd really liked the English teacher we had before. And this teacher was like completely new to the school and stuff. And we were vile to our looking back. We were so, we started like a petition to get rid of her and stuff. Bloody like, hell, that's organised. Yeah, we were really <laughs> awful. And then by the end of it, I can't remember if we had her for a year or two years, but eventually we all really warmed to her. I think it was just know that thing when like as a class, you've had the same teacher for a couple of years and then you get someone new and you're like, oh, no. And I think there's so many stories like that of kids being shit to their teachers that I love when kids like rally round their teacher. Yeah. Our form teacher was class. Love him so much. Got him on Facebook. I think he's he's the <laughs> he's one of the two best teachers I've ever had. I can't pick between them. But I remember on his like birthday, we made him like a castle cake, <laughs> like using like ice cream cones for the turrets and everything. And like, That's oh, cool. we loved him. Like he was class. So the because that teacher then that you were trying to get the petition, did she? Or, or did they catch wind of? I think she. I think on? that's what was what brought the tension in the air. Obviously, this was eight years ago, but I think if I remember rightly, she got quite upset. And then I think there was that moment as a class of like I think she was our like GCSE teacher, so we were probably like yeah ten and eleven. Um, there was this moment as like sort of like cocky fifteen year olds where suddenly you see an adult have feelings, and I think we were all yeah. like oh, we've taken it a bit far. Like, and I think what it was was some of the more confident ones in the class kind of started it and sort of just like swept everyone else up in it. And obviously I just went along with it because I was like, oh, well, yeah, I was doing it. Um, and I'm, I think I remember we all felt really guilty. And then by the end, we really got on with her by the end of it. I loved her. Like, um, a, Nice ending to the story then. Yeah. But I, I, 
I had we were a lad. just testing her. That was it. We were just testing yeah. our resilience. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lad uh, only recently, uh, in fact, this week, in the middle of an English lesson, call me a loser, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I was asking him to do something and he was like fannying about and then he got it done. But like, you know, I spent 20 minutes chatting and he's a, he's good at what he does in terms of writing. So I was like, just get it done. And then he yeah. rattled it off in five minutes. Um, and I said, if you don't, you're staying in. So when he handed it to me, he went, I'm a winner. And then looked at me and went, and you're a loser. Right? <laughs> and um, I like grabbed his arm really like softly. And I just went, I said, if you call me a loser, one more time or just ever again I said I will spend the entire day holding your hand and we, <laughs> and we will walk around the school together as a pair of losers <laughs> and he just looked at me and I was like all right <laughs> yeah I like that I yeah. like it yeah but um yeah it's interesting when, I, when students see a teacher have feelings because yeah they are human aren't they um, yeah but yeah, uh, Jamie Hutchinson has sent this one in and I'm not going to keep it anonymous because, you know, you know Jamie, don't I you? I know Jamie, yeah. Yeah, so J- Jamie sent me this, um, which I feel like because we both know him, it'll, it'll yeah, we'll resonate with it more than anyone else yeah. listening. Uh, <laughs> um, right, he started with, um, I have a harrowing memory from year nine. Day before term started, I still hadn't gotten any shoes. So I told my mum and she said she was going shopping today. Now, obviously, shoes are very important at this age and they can bridge the gap if you're not a top tier kid in the hierarchy, (laughs) which is very true. Very Um, true. He says, if you're not on the football team, but you've got a pair of Nicola Deakins or Rockports, you're exempt from being ostracised. I wanted Rockports. Did you? I really wanted Rockports. Purely because, like I say, the the sort of, I, I hate the phrase cool kids because it makes me sound like a loser, but the popular kids wore Rockports. And I remember really wanting a pair of Rockports, not because I liked them or anything like that, just because I was like, well, if I wear these shoes, like, yeah, maybe they'll, I'm, they'll I'm, think I'm one of them. And I was like, no. My mum and dad were like, we're not buying you Rockports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a pair of brogues, me, in secondary nice. school. Yeah, and uh, I bought them for a wedding. And then my dad was like, you can wear them to school. And obviously for a wedding, I was like, oh, this is fine. And then walking into school with a pair of brogues for the first day, I was like, oh my God, I feel like a yeah. fucking supply teacher. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, but it was all right. I didn't get ridiculed. Um, he says, uh, yeah, so my mum came back with Man United shoes. Right? <laughs> so nice. I had to go into school with Manchester United branded shoes like the Div Kid. They had, <laughs> uh, they had Juan Sebastian Veron on them, who used to play for United years ago. Yeah. Um, but the best bit is, uh, she given to she given him the shoes the summer which United had sold him, so they were out of date. Man United <laughs> shoes. <laughs> he said, "I got mercifully ripped for five days till the weekend came around, and my dad sorted me some proper shoes." I got some money off my dad to go and buy some shoes and went shopping with my mates and picked some very self-consciously asking for their advice if they were cool enough. They, <laughs> they assured me they were. So I handed over 60 quid for some shit flickers, went out the shops <laughs> and my mate said, only joking, they're shit. No. <laughs> Which I feel like my mates would do. Um, oh yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> He says, so I went back in the shop to go and get a refund and made up a lie saying to the woman that, oh, my mum has already bought me some, so I don't need them. And then my mate shouted, he's lying. He just thinks your shoes are shit. (laughs) 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 Yeah, uh, that's the second one I've had that's uh, been like definitely caught my eye. Um, Yeah. But yeah, Jamie, nice one for sending that one in, mate. I love that though about like when your mates have your life. I remember like being in, I was year nine. And it was when sort of highlights were a big thing in girls' hair. And this yeah, is yeah. pre, pre like dip dye and balayage, pre all that shit. It was just like like the highlights. And, re- and I'd never had anything done to me hair, um, which is probably why for a long time after, I also didn't do anything to me hair. You look at photos of me doing comedy and you're like, her hair is the exact same for about seven years. <laughs> yep. Um, but I really wanted highlights. And rather than take us to a hairdresser, classic working class family, my dad was like, oh, well, I work with this lad whose mom does hair so I will take you around hers so I went to like this woman's kitchen and she did these highlights on us and I remember I had obviously like sort of <laughs> my hair's not naturally this color but it was sort of like a brunette kind of color but like right. a light brunette and I was like I want like sort of like I don't want like bleach blonde highlights I just want like a kind of like nice like a caramelly like you know like when the sun hits your hair and she was like yeah of course and honestly I had sort of like quite a big like side fringe at the time because of course it was like 2008 um it just it was stripes 
in my hair, like yellowy blonde stripes. And I remember at the time looking at it and only like, it's like my dad knows this person, so I can't be like rude. And I was like, oh yeah, I love it. And I got home and I was like, it does just look stripey. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I used to wear my hair up quite a lot for school. And I was like, well, should I when I tie it up? It'll look fine. So I tied it up and it looked worse because me, obviously I had my fringe and it was like just these stripes through my fringe. And I remember coming into school the next day and feeling so embarrassed. And I said to my friends, like, does it look all right? I think it looks a bit stripey. And they were like, no, no, like it looks lovely. It looks fine. It looks beautiful. And obviously it took ages to grow out. And eventually when it sort of grew out, they were all like, oh my God, yeah, it looks ridiculous. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it was so stripey and I was like you absolutely like I respect them for not telling us at the time but oh it was just I think I knew deep down though that they were lying I was like it does look shit and once you've done something to your hair though you're like I just gotta live with this like oh god I I shaved my head once um after I've got a hat on at the moment obviously but my hair is massive yeah I've had it cut since November so I've got this like little flick coming out the side here (laughs) Like I've abolished slavery at some point. It's a yeah. terrible barn it. But um, yeah, I shaved my head. This was a few years ago. I got it done in a barber's and he, he fucked it up. How can you fuck up shaving a head? Yeah. You know what I mean? um, but he double checked. He was like, you sure you want this doing? I was like, yeah, fine. Um, and then yeah, when he did it, I basically had like a bit of a tuft at the front. I thought, how's he, you know, it's just got to be one length and he's left this yeah. bit at the front. So I thought I'll do it when I get home. And it was like a Tuesday night, half seven. I went to go and get my clippers and I set the the height at the wrong setting essentially so as i cut yeah. into my hair i immediately went fuck and i had this ah. like square missing at the front and i just started yeah. a job the day before um no. so i then rang my girlfriend poppy and i was like you need to come and sort this out so she drives like 20 minutes to my house when <laughs> when she arrived at the house i've like i've done the front of my head but i can't do the back um, yeah but it's like all like a you know prisoner of war <laughs> Just, uh, and uh it took her five minutes to get up the stairs when she opened the door because she was howling laughing when she opened oh, it my and God. i just had this like it was awful but i went into work the next day and it was in this office it was just me the boss and his son that was it three people so it's not like yeah. i could hide um and yeah as i walked through the door it was i'd had you know from like really curly hair to i think it was a three all over oh um, wow he was like he's like i almost done it with a bick um, yeah and he was like why 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 have you done this you know <laughs> Uh, what has led to this yeah uh, he was he, he, he actually says to me he said you look like a member of the edl and um, <laughs> yeah i was like i am uh, Surprise. <laughs> um, yeah exactly uh, is that a problem will that be a problem mate uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i've 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 never shaved my head since it's just very flat my head on top so that's um, what i always think like when I sort of see lads were like, especially with like lockdown and stuff, how so many lads have just been like, fuck it. Like my hair's so desperately, desperately needs a cut and needs dyeing. But so many lads have just been able to be like, oh, I'm just going to shave my head. And I think like, but what if you shave your head and you've got like a really not nice shaped head? Like, because your hair hides all that, doesn't it? Then like, it would be just my luck to shave my head and to have like a really uneven shit head. I'm yeah, like, no. that's my, mine is like that flat. There is a patio on the top of it. Like when, <laughs> when I cut into it, there was a little version of me sat on it. Like, yeah. what have you done, Ariel? I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> Lighting up the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, don't you feel silly? <laughs> but um, yeah, when uh, what colour did you have? Like a blazer at school? We didn't wear. Now they wear blazers. They've changed all the uniform now, so they wear blazers. But it used to be um, like right the way when I was through it you had a jumper and it had like the name of the school and then like the school's logo. But every year group had a different color, but that color went with you, if you know what I mean. So like when I saw the year that the year 11s left, they were like the purple badge, which meant when they left that purple badge, then went to year seven. So I was purple when I was in year seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. And then when we left year 11, the purple then goes back to, if, right, that's okay. what, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. So there was like five different colours. So my so you, sister was green she, when she went. So you'd have like blue, uh, green jumpers, purple jumpers. It was or... just just like the little logo on it would be like a different colour. But as well, it was good for, it meant obviously like if a teacher, if someone was being naughty in the corridor, you would look at the logo so you would at least know what year group they were in, um, which I get was good. But our jumper was like a kind of 
I want to say navy, but it wasn't. It was like a weird, like washed out, bluey navy color. Okay. Um, but they have got blazers and ties now. And oh, I remember coming. I think they've only had that for like the last year and a half or something. I remember coming back to Newcastle and leaving my house around the time that school comes out and seeing them all walking towards us in their blazers. And I was like, "You look fucking ridiculous!" Like, <laughs> oh. I just think putting shit kids in a uniform that involves blazer and a tie. I'm like, you can polish a turd, but you can't. Yeah. No, we we all know they're feral. Like. <laughs> Wearing their school uniform to the court appeal. Just yeah. Like, it's the only then we got. went to uh, sixth form and it was daft because I was like really, really skinny. So like jeans and stuff wouldn't fit me. So I would always wear like shorts and leggings. That's what I would wear, or shorts and tights. And then I think maybe like halfway through sixth form, they brought in a rule and they were like, girls can't wear leggings and girls can't wear shorts, even if they've got tights. Like girls have got to be in like jeans or trousers or something right. and we were all like all right and they were like and also you can't wear joggers like because a lot of people would do things like dance or sport and they were like if you're doing a course like that yeah you can wear joggers for the class but you can't wear them oh, around day, like yeah. school so it felt like they were bringing all the and you, you felt like saying at the point rather than just telling us everything we can't wear just say because there was a like a posh sixth form near us and they had to wear the boys had to wear suits and the girls had to wear like blouse and skirt kind of thing so like it wasn't a uniform but that was there was a dress code and it got to the point where we were like you're telling us all these things we can't wear you might as well just say we want you to dress like this like it was ridiculous then it was like you can't wear these shoes and you can't wear these shoes and I was like mate just just grow a pair of balls and pick a uniform then because you're clearly like uh, I think they made one where you couldn't wear your coat inside I'm sure that was a one because when we got when we got the new school we had lockers and they were like well you've got no reason to be wearing your coat around school you can put it in your lockers and it's like god why are you why are you bringing so many riddles in for us to solve is what we can wear my school blazer was navy right that was yeah. the that was this the no it was black that was the school set standard it had to be black and uh most people bought theirs from john lewis because the badge came sold on right yeah it's just like the the shop everyone went to and uh, my mum was like no you're not getting it from john lewis and uh she said because you, you're just not going to wear your blazer you're just going to stuff it in your bag i know what you're going to do so yeah. she went she went to marks and spencer's and cut the badge off uh, an old piece of my sister's uniform yeah. and then sold it onto this blazer wonky i might add <laughs> right okay so like if you looked at it it was just pissed um yeah and when she passed me the blazer i was like she said it's navy as soon as she said it's black and i went that's green she was like harry it's black and uh-huh. i was i was like mom it's, it's, it was like a deep emerald green okay yeah, yeah. and when it when the sun hit it i, I fucking shone right you were heading uh, to oz yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, a lot of the school concierge right i just <laughs> i stuck out like a sore thumb and i remember um they were doing like do you know when you have like a world ceremony at the end of year 11 and yeah, yeah. yeah colors for football and all the rest of it they were calling out this award um and i, I was all right at football at school but i was never you know like david beckham or anything like that yeah but they were calling out this award for um pe saying this person uh, this award goes to the person that brought the kit every week tried really hard all the rest of it blah, 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 blah. and i'm like whispered to me i was like what div is gonna get this and then they were like harry's the and i stood up and i was like thank you <laughs> <laughs> went and collected me award and came back and um you had to go on like a little yeah in front of everyone essentially and as i came yeah. back my mate was like your blazer's green isn't it and i was like <laughs> i fucking knew it <laughs> but me mum to this day would be like it's black it's um, black it's yeah, Marks and Spencer's Emerald Green Blazer. Thank you. <laughs> I'd love that as well. Like when you'd, you know, at the start of the year, when you'd be like, oh, you might be like, I'll get you a new uniform or whatever. And there'd always be the kid who, for, for whatever reason, hadn't got new uniform. And I get it. Like maybe they didn't have the money or maybe the yeah. parents were like, oh, no, like there's still life in that. But ours would all be like back to being like really like shiny, fresh and blue. And there would be these kids in these washed out jumpers. And you could see that they were like, oh, God, we really stick out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, kids are so shit as well. Because that's yeah. the one thing. Like I wasn't a bully at school. I just kept my head down. Just signed petitions. Thing. That was it. A- I just signed passive aggressive petitions, which has definitely followed me in adulthood. But um, yeah, the the thing that kids go for is difference, isn't it? Like if your jumper is like washed out and the other kids aren't, or if you're wearing the shoes, the other kids aren't. I'm like, oh, it's so sad. Like what I was on about Rockport, I didn't want Rockport, but I was like, oh, but if I wear Rockport, then maybe they like me. Yeah. There was a thing in our school as well, right? And um, if basically if your tie was really short, Mm-hmm. the cooler you were 
right? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I can't like you. Were, there was stripes in our tie, and you had to have three stripes showing essentially. Yeah. Um, but there were some people that would have a tie that would be like that. Okay, and I just wow. yeah, I was like, it looks fucking ridiculous. But if you had a tie that was that small, it was yeah, like that guy is hard. Do yeah. not go near him. Um, my tie was three stripes because I was like, I'm not conforming to that absolute <laughs> nonsense, right? Yeah, you might laugh at me, but this is the appropriate way to wear a tie. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're you know 15 and you're saying that to someone, funny enough, they don't really resonate with it. They're just That's... like, shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> See, we didn't wear ties in secondary school when I was there, but in primary school. I can't remember if it was when you got a year five or year six, it was one of them, you had to wear a tie, but it was like just a tie on a bit of like elastic, elastic. sort of thing, you know, the one that like sort of goes yeah. around your head. And I used to hate it because like, obviously after a while, like the elastic gets really like tight. So your tie would be like absolutely <laughs> choking you. And I remember looking back and being like, that's so weird. Like making like, and it was, again, it was a pretty rough school, but yeah. sometimes I think rough schools do these things to be like, oh look, like we can be fancy too. And it's like, <laughs> no, I don't know if that's still a thing. My niece and nephew go to that school now. I'm going to have to ask them, do you have to wear a tie? That's, I've, I've never seen a primary school wear ties ever. Yeah, it was really weird. Shall we? Yeah. I, I remember. Have I just, no, I definitely had a tie. They used to be like, we used to call it peanutting if you pulled someone's tie. And yeah. Tie, yeah. I've heard some people call it flushing. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, that used to be a nightmare. And just be like, your tie being like, oh, for fuck's sake. I remember in PE once, Joe Wilkes, um, who was a mate of mine, put my school clothes into my school bag and then padlocked the zips together. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, right, so I'm going to be PE kit all day <laughs> until I snap the zips off. Yeah. We had this one kid. And like he was, a, he was really short, and um, he was a bit like of a gobshite kind of thing. And people would always not necessarily pick on him because he was like a bit of a like, like I say, a bit of a gobshite himself. But he sort of attracted trouble, and he would get himself into situations. But he also, I think, he caused lots of trouble himself. But because he was little, and when our like new school was getting built, there was a lot of skips around. He would always get thrown in the skip. Ooh. like which is just brutal and like I say I feel bad because it sounds like he was being bullied but he I, I don't think he was being bullied I think he was one of these kids who's maybe like runs his mouth a bit and then like lends himself into these situations but then lets it happen again and again so I think he probably liked the attention or whatever maybe he didn't maybe it was horrific for him but there was one day where I think he was in the same like technology class as me we were about 20 minutes into the class and in he comes like shuffling in hi miss you're all right and she was like like class started 20 minutes ago where have you been he was like got thrown in the skip again didn't I <laughs> <laughs> and obviously because he was like quite a short lad he would struggle to get out and I was just like imagine that just being part of your daily uh, bloody yeah. routine at school being like but the fact that the teacher was just like yeah fair like Derek yeah. okay. I shouldn't say his name I don't want to say his name but um I've just accidentally said it there if we can just bleep that um yeah that, don't worry. He's, he's been in the skip again <laughs> um there was a lad in our school who was a, a little person um yeah so he was he, he must have been like three foot okay oh like wow yeah tiny. um but he was very like popular with people uh yeah he used to run around punching people in the balls all the time <laughs> um and like as a laugh he would go along with it they do you remember them like nike just do it bags everyone used to have them they were really yes, small right yeah so he used to wear one of them but obviously it didn't look that small on him so they used to pull the straps like really tight so it was like a jetpack and then yeah. the little loop at the top they'd hang it on the goalposts right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, I remember seeing a picture of that and just being like oh right but he's laughing along and then he'd let him down and start punching people in the balls again <laughs> yeah like, i feel like you know um yeah he was it it didn't seem like it was uh nasty at all but uh you know maybe if he's punching people in the balls that's his way of getting getting his own back Who knows? exactly yeah oh drawstring bags man i remember like i used to bring this would have been like early on in school i used to bring like my pe kit in like one of them little like drawstring bags you know how you would always get them free with things like yeah, yeah. back in like the day one. and i think i'd got i used to love like jacqueline wilson books because of course i was a 12 year old girl and she had this book called love lessons and i think with the book you got a free like pink like drawstring bag and it had like a little heart on it with love lessons and I was like cool I'll like that'll be good for my PE kit and I always remember some of the like really chavvy like older kids one day seeing us walking with me bag and they were like ha 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 you love lessons do you ha 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 you love lessons ha ha you fucking swat you love lessons and I was like oh man and I went and sat the next lesson and just picked the logo off it I was like this is not worth the fucking hassle just to be able to bring me swimming kit to school like no way what's, what's a swat a swat like a like a nerdy kid I've never heard that 
Like a SWAT, yeah. No, I'm just I'm like a nerd, yeah, or a geek. Yeah, um, we would call them like SWATs, like the little like swats. like the little kiss RC. Oh, miss, pick me, like that kind. And I wasn't a SWAT at all. <laughs> I was clever, but I wasn't a SWAT. Like I didn't like suck up to the teacher and that yeah. kind of thing. But I thought, oh, I think it's awful as well when you go to like a bit of a shit school as well, and you're like. It's just not worth the hassle. It is yeah, not worth you just, the hassle. You have to take the, the high ground all the time to be like, I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You're like, can't answer back because we'll get my head kicked in. So I will just... I always wonder what it would have been like if I'd gone to like a bit of a more well-to-do school. I'm like, would I have like really excelled because maybe like being bright would have been encouraged a bit more. Not that it was discouraged at my school, but you know, like it wasn't cool to be smart. I'm like, oh, well, if I went to like... You know, like when you, especially in comedy, when you know how many people went to bloody private school yeah. and you're a bit like, well, if I'd had like a private education, like would my life have been totally different? If I had like grown up not being like ashamed of being smart, like what would I have done? Would I still have pursued comedy or like, yeah. I find it so interesting because I've got a brain in my head and sometimes I do think like, oh, I wish I had a job where like I got to use that brain a bit more, and, but I probably wouldn't be able to now. Like I, I don't know what I would bloody do. Obviously, I did my degree in drama as well, so it's not like I could be like, oh well, I did a maths degree, so I can pick anything up. But I'm like, yeah, I do often wonder if I'd gone to like a really good, not even a really good, but if I'd just had maybe like a private yeah. education, would that have set us on a different path, or would deep down I always have wanted to be creative and always wanted to. You'll never know. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. Because, well, did you just get into comedy through doing your degree? So I, even from about like sixth form, which is probably like what I was on about before when maybe like friendship groups started changing stuff, I discovered that I liked being funny and I liked making people laugh and I was getting this like new confidence and I liked, I liked doing it at my drama group. And when I was like 15, I'd done like a couple of stand-up gigs at my youth theatre, which looking back, like they obviously weren't, comedy gigs they were just like gigs at the youth theater for the parents but they were like under the guise of stand-up then I started doing comedy my first gig was May of me last year of sixth form so I was like coming up to like May levels and stuff so I'd already like by the time I went to uni I'd already started doing comedy um but I'd, I'd known all along I wanted to do like a drama degree I was like I love acting I love performing I know I want to do a drama degree but yeah I started doing comedy sort of like back end of sixth form um and then sort of it was in the back of my mind the whole time like especially the further on in uni I got when you can like sort of pick what you're doing a bit more all my projects would revolve around like comedy and Mm. like oh god this is gonna sound like I'm slagging them off and I'm not but I remember one of the assessments we had to do was you were in groups and you had to like um pick like say like 20 minutes of a play and obviously like stage that kind of thing everybody else picked like plays about paedophilia plays about the holocaust really like serious hard-hitting plays and me and my two lad mates were the only ones who picked a comedy and I was just like how mad like shit you can't tell me that nobody else on this course is interested in like because this wasn't even stand-up this was just we picked a funny play yeah and I remember um we got marked down for it uh it was like we did so fucking well like marked down for the fact biased. you picked comedy we got marked down for the fact we picked a comedy because, and I quote, comedy is easier. If it's easier, why were we the only group who fucking did it? Mm. It's because it's not easier. It's harder. It is so much harder and it's harder to I make think it's the hard, hardest laugh thing to write, yeah. Than it is. It's so much harder to like play funny and to like make people laugh than it is to have this really serious, hard-hitting piece where all the emotion is there in the text anyway and all you have to do is sort of like essentially bring that to life everyone can sort of be like can not everyone but most people who act can do that quite easily and like ham it up and do that sort of thing but not everyone can do the comedy stuff and I remember we were so fuming that we'd been marked down for doing comedy I was like mate I'll tell you what let's run a comedy module and see how many of these fuckers pass it let's (laughs) if it's so easy that's bonkers because it's it's yeah the time it timing is something that's like most people I've spoken to that are actors say that comics are very good at transferring their skills into, you know, acting. Yeah. Um, and after finishing Edinburgh, I did like a year at a drama school in Manchester. Uh-huh. Um, 
just because I was like, I wanted to develop that skill set. Because I watched yeah. a guy do a one-man play in Edinburgh and it just like knocked me fucking socks off. Um, yeah. So after watching that, I was like, right, I'm going to go and do this for a bit. And when I was there, you're just chatting to people, saying about what, you know, people's day jobs are and, and whatnot. And when I mentioned about doing comedy, everyone within the acting world is almost like, oh my God, I can't like, I can't under yeah, or yeah. even imagine trying to do something like that. So like what your teachers said there totally contradicts um, what the... You know, I, I think the general consensus is on. Oh, the fact but that definitely, yeah. Because yeah. I think if we if we'd have asked anybody on the course, tell you what, do you want to swap your serious play and do their comedy play? They would all have gone no, because it's hard. Like that's the reason nobody else picked to do comedy because it's quite a hard thing to do. And as well, I don't think their interests lay in comedy, which is fair enough. But also, I think definitely the fact that it's hard. But I think like the lecturers or the, this particular lecturer obviously just had a bit of a well, a few of our lecturers had a thing a bit of a snotty attitude towards comedy, definitely. And it's just absolutely maddening, like so mm. maddening. But yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. Have you got anything you would like to plug before? Um, because uh, I'm going to put, put like this out in sections, but um, yeah, anything you'd like to plug? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> it's one of them things I'm like, come see me gig. And then knowing my luck, we'll get put in a bloody 95th lockdown or whatever. But I think, yeah, come follow me on Twitter at Lauren Patterson. And that tends to be where I will put if I have any gigs and shit or on Instagram, Lauren underscore Patterson. And that is where... Again, I'll post gigs or first traps, depending how depressingly single I feel on that particular day. <laughs> Is that a date website, first traps? <laughs> I'm going to start that. I've, what the, who the fuck is ringing me? Sorry. Um, I, right, okay. Side note, before I wrap this up. Oh, it's Poppy. Um, ah, I'll bring it back later. For the past three years, okay. Yeah. I have had a phone call four times a week from various different numbers that, are all asking for a man called Jazzy Maxwell. Right? <laughs> now, uh, I honestly thought it was like a wind up to start with. Um, but yeah, Mr. Jazzy Maxwell, he's like, he's got subscriptions out on X, Y, and Z. Um, oh, his uh-huh. car insurance is like up for renewal and all sorts. And I'm like, this is, they ring me now and they go, Mr. Maxwell. I go, it's the first name Jazzy. They go, yeah, I go, it's not me. It is just, please oh, stop ringing me. Oh, so um, he's just put your number? Uh, yeah, whether he's just like changed the last digit, I'm not sure. Or he's just pulled that yeah. number out of thin air. If he has, that's even more impressive. But um, yeah. yeah, if there is a Jazzy Maxwell listening to this podcast, please, mate, sort it out because yeah. <laughs> I'm getting sick and tired of getting your fucking yeah, call centre phone calls all the time. And on that note, I want to apologise to the other Lauren Patterson, spelt my way in Newcastle, who's the same age as me. Because I remember once, like, I can't remember if I searched my name or someone else, I think someone else maybe sent us it and this girl so I'm obviously Lauren Patterson on Twitter and I think she was maybe Lauren Patterson with an underscore or something but she must have occasionally got stuff that was meant for me and someone had sent us a screenshot of this tweet and it was like can the other fucking blonde Lauren Patterson who does comedy please give me my life back and I tweeted her and I was like I'm so sorry and we ended up having a bit chat and then like a few years later she got in touch again some lad had messaged her um and like being like oh I had a really nice night with you babe and all this kind of stuff and she she obviously just assumed it was for me and she was like dude wrong Lauren Patterson but he was like adamant it was her and she was like honestly no it's not wrong Lauren Patterson so she messaged me and was like I think this guy's trying to find you and I was like I literally this is not me so then the two of us were like there's a third Lauren Patterson (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I feel like one day this third Lauren Patterson we're gonna meet and just be like the holy trifecta of (laughs) that's ace uh thank you very much for coming on this i've really enjoyed that thank you good chatting yeah hopefully i'll see you around at a gig in the flesh soon enough yeah definitely fingers crossed (laughs) i can't be the only person who's wondering what happened to that 16 year old because if he did go ahead and have that kid it would be a seven year old now you know like that it would have already done its sats And that would be equally disappointing if the kid had passed his SATs and his dad still hadn't passed his GCSEs. Uh, (laughs) It's like, Dad, can you help me with my homework? No, I can't. Um, I don't know if you are listening, mate. Um, Let me know. That would be a seven-year-old. I can't imagine that amount of responsibility. You know, a dog is enough for me at this moment in time. But yeah, massive thank you to the teacher that sent that in. Uh, Really, really fun having Lauren on the show. 
how great is she? I mean, if you can go and check her out live, definitely do. She's actually got uh, her show, Lady Muck, is available on Amazon and um, definitely worth checking out. It got like critically acclaimed when it was at the Edinburgh Festival uh, a few years ago. So definitely worth checking that one out. Um, next week's episode, I have James Allen, who is a very good mate of mine. And um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to having him on because I know what some of James's school days were like. So I'm excited for him to share some of them with you. And uh, the story that we're going over has come in from an assistant ed teacher who on this particular day was hot on the heels of a very smelly kid who was running around the school. But I will tell you more about that in next week's episode. So until next week, look after yourself and take it easy. Staff Room Podcast is produced by Harry Stacchini, artwork by Poppy Spinks, and soundtrack by James McGraw.